Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Read Up, the podcast where we talk about books intellectually and stuff. Today's book is Stormfront, book one of the Harry Dresden Files, otherwise known as just the Dresden Files, by American writer Jim Butcher. Scott has joined me uh, back for this episode because Scott is the one that told me to read this book in the first place. Isn't that right, Scott? I am so freaking excited to be here. I am I am such a fan of this series. It's I'm going to have to contain myself is basically the response that's, to this. That's why we're recording early morning. So you have like morning like energy instead of like I just ran a marathon energy and I can do anything and you know that's that that this was all planned. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. All right. So Scott, how did you before I even read the the like back cover to the to this book how did you come across this and why Uh, why did you recommend it so highly to me okay well a couple of reasons one i had seen when i worked at barnes and noble back during college the hard covers for the later books in the series you know they have a very distinct like every cover kind of looks the same like you know when you're getting a dresden files book Mm -hmm. and they all had the same blur from entertainment weekly on the front cover it said, uh, imagine Buffy the Vampire Slayer meets Philip Marlowe. Oh, yep, yeah, yeah that, that that do it. Okay, well actually that has that's actually a pretty good that's a pretty good end to the synopsis, so I'm gonna <laughs> read this here. So it says in the first in the first novel in the number one New York Times bestselling Dresden File series, Harry Dresden investigates uh Harry Dresden's investigation of a grisly double murder puts him in the darkest depths of magical Chicago. As a professional wizard, Harry Dresden knows firsthand that the everyday world is actually full of strange and magical things, and most of them don't play well with humans, and those that do enjoy playing with humans far too much. He also knows he's the best at what he does. Technically, he's the only at what he does. But even though Harry is the only game in town, business, to put it mildly, stinks. So when the Chicago PD bring him in to consult on a double homicide committed with black magic, Harry's seen dollar signs. But where there's black magic, there's a black mage behind it. And now that mage knows Harry's name. I mean, what doesn't sell you on that? I I, I swear. It's... uh, The the back cover of mine also had, like, his ad in the yellow pages. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. That's fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, To to finish answering your question, also, uh, I remember going to Best Buy and picking up on the super cheap the one and only season of the sci-fi TV show that they made out of this series, uh, which coincidentally, connection to another show you do, starred Paul Blackthorne, also known as Quentin Lance from Arrow, as Harry. Yes. Oh, my God. He would have been so good. Why did he? Get he he's like the only one in the show who was cast correctly. Let's put it that gotcha. way. Gotcha. Oh man. Oh yeah. The plot of the novel was considered was condensed into a ninety-minute perspective television pilot, edited and aired at a later episode in the first season. Huh. 
Yeah, it like they, they edited it down to like a forty-five minute episode that they ended up putting in the middle of the season. It wasn't even the first episode of the season, even though it was based on the first book. It was it was typical sci-fi channel for the time. Gotcha. Uh, this um, novel was also adapted into an eight-issue miniseries by Adrian Saif and Brett Booth. Oh yes, actually, uh, I believe it is. Is it Dynamite? The Dynamite, yes, I actually have that miniseries in an omnibus because they also publish in-canon continuity comics that take place in between novels as well as adapting the novels themselves. Oh. Like this is one of those – this is one of those series that like if you want to go like – into the rabbit hole, mm-hmm. you can go into the rabbit hole, and I have gone into the rabbit hole. <laughs> well, do you think that you need to read all of it to fully understand it? And I'm talking the whole Dresden Files series, not just not just this first novel. Uh, yes, because the novels – here's the beauty of the series, and I know eventually we need to talk about Stormfront itself. But the beauty of the series is – well, one, we're recording in April, and it's the 20th anniversary of the release of Stormfront. We're, th- this has been deemed the year of Dresden by the fan community. Mm-hmm. And you do – you can read this first book, but the point is is that the book – the books get better written as the series goes on. The world expands in every novel. Like – Jim Butcher has a plan, and he will lay breadcrumbs that he will not reveal for three or four novels. And then when you get to that novel, you'll go, oh, that's what he was talking about like four books ago. Okay. And and, and the world just it, – it's like you don't think it's possible. Right now, there's currently 15 books published with both books 16 and 17 coming out this year. And you didn't think it was possible for the world to get any bigger. And then he finds some other facet of the world to introduce in the next novel. That actually is going to touch upon a question that I have. And so this book deals with mainly wizards. But he goes to see a vampire at one point, which isn't really a spoiler. Um, So I love magical monsters. How much can I expect to see magical monsters in the rest of the series? All of it. Think about any kind of magical monster that uh, that appears in folklore or mythology. It will happen. Okay, that's cool. That's interesting to me because I think the second one I, – I started reading the second one already even though I just finished this one yesterday. I was like, well, I'm going to read the second one now because it was just that good. And uh, the – he seemed to um, – the – the cover or the, the you know the synopsis of the second one seems to indicate that I'm dealing with a werewolf, uh, and I, that excites me because I love werewolves. I love werewolf stories. And don't tell me if I'm right or wrong there, but that's what it tell, like is leading me towards. It's what like, but I feel like with Stormfront, there's a couple of twists and turns, and it's a pro- it's probably not what I'm expecting, and I like that too. Um, you know, even just when you recommended this book to me, so it just even twists and turns. I wasn't I, – I I trust your opinion. So, like, obviously I read it because I trust your opinion. Um, I did not expect to love it the way that I did. Like, I was, like, reading it and, like, I, like, I read at night in bed and I kept turning to my wife and I'd be like, this is really good. Like, 
Like, I'm I'm really enjoying this. And she's like, oh, good. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm really enjoying this because sometimes, I mean, I love reading, obviously. Here's this podcast about reading. Um, but, you know, sometimes it takes a little while to get into a book. And I think I was hooked within the first two pages. And it's not like anything even remotely, like, like, I don't know, particular happens in those first two pages. I just loved the tone that the book set for itself. Harry's a smartass, and it comes across in the narration. Yeah, and I, I like this. I like his reluctant hero. Like, he knows he has this badge of, like, honor, basically. Uh, but he's still kind of reluctant to get his feet wet because he's his own. He wants to preserve his own self interest. He's a little bit like Constantine without with with more. He's like Constantine with honor because Constantine will, you know, DC Comics character Vertigo um, will stab you in the back, right? You know, if it means that like the end will be achieved. And he doesn't super feel bad about that most of the time. He's like, that's the way the cookie crumbles. You know, that's that's life. And so, but Dresden doesn't seem to be like that. He feels bad about it. Yeah, he he he's a good person. Well, that's he good. Just, he, yeah, he, he's a good person. He just he's he's in a bad way, and he's like, he's just trying to figure out what's the best way. Like, I have bills to pay. <laughs> I need to pay my rent. What can I do that'll let me pay my rent and stay alive? Right. Mm-hmm. Now, are there adventures before this novel? Because, you know, he has his relationship. You can see where this would have been a television show that could have been successful if made in a different time. You know, because, like, he's a wizard and she's a cop and she calls him for help. Like, you know, like, it feels like Castle with magic, you know, or something yes. like that. Yes. Uh, there is one... In addition to the 15 canonical novels that have been published, there's also two – as of last year, there are two published anthologies of short stories because Jim Butcher likes to write stories to help out his buddies. And so you know those those really kind of interesting-looking fantasy anthologies you can see in a bookstore that have like 20 different authors in them? Yes. Uh, he writes Dresden Files stories that appears in those anthologies. And I used to buy them where literally I was buying the entire anthology just to read one story. And then I learned that after a few years what they'll do is they'll just collect all of the short stories and publish them in a Dresden-only book. And in that first anthology that's called Side Jobs, there is a prequel story that, spoiler, is how Harry and Karen met. Okay. That's actually what I wanted to know because they – they have this formed relationship already in this in this book. And I'm like, well, what was that first phone call like? Hello, are you a wizard? I think I need your help, you know? Yeah. And there's also a lot of backstory that gets filled in as the novels go on. And I'm going to tell you, it does not get filled in as quickly as you think. It's like Jim Butcher has patience. Well, you know, but that's it. But if it, if he's got 15 novels, like, I don't care. That's fine. You know, take your time. Because what I think the important part about this novel is that I actually enjoyed the episodic nature of it. Like, I knew it was going to get wrapped up by the end. I wasn't really like, oh, no, is he going to be okay? Because I know there are 15 novels, you know, right? So it's not like I was I was afraid for his life or anything like that. 
but I was intrigued by every single part of the story because I do like a good noir story, and this is real. This is magical noir, right? This is urban fantasy, you know. Uh, and uh, it's like you know, I guess it, you know, it's not. I've never really encountered much like it. Constantine was really the only thing that I kept coming back to in my head, which is another kind of urban fantasy. Um, because especially in Stormfront, they make references to a magical land, but you don't go there. You're just in Chicago and you're dealing with drug lords and the whole thing is like about like a drug war and but also magic. And I could tell you I could care two hoots about a drug war in in a story like it's just that type of thing doesn't interest me. But you throw some magic on top of that and now I'm there. I'm there for good. It's kind of like. It's kind of like, uh, um, almost like gangster movies. Like I'm like, yeah, okay, gangster movies, fine. It's, it could, it could be fun. It could be intriguing. But you throw Batman in that gangster movie, and now I'm in. Now I'm on board. Yeah. See, for me, because I love old like Raymond Chandler, Dashiell Hammett, Pulp Fiction novels. Well, I do. T- you know, I do too. But those aren't uh, noir. Doesn't always have to do with the drug trade. You know what I mean? I, I mean, or, this. I meant Stormfront uh, story specifically. Oh, Storm of France is specifically okay. Oh, yeah, because you know I because you know I'm I'm a guy who who I watch Scarface and, and those kind of things. So like those kind of stories I can watch too. But the thing about the Dresden Files as a series is that it's like you took the greatest hits of every genre that I find mildly to mildly mildly entertaining to intriguing, and then you shoved it all into one book, and I'm just like. Yes, a check, please. Mm. In the <laughs> business, we call that a pastiche. But I, yes. yeah, but I, I think that you're, I think, well, you're like me in that, like, I, we're so, we've come so far in different genres now that I think, like, or like most of the world, I think we enjoy pastiche the most. Like when it's not just fantasy and it's not just, it's not just gangsters or noir, it's both of them, you know, and I think that, um, you know, like we've talked—I don't know if we've ever actually talked about Star Wars on this podcast before, but you know, like it's not just fantasy, it's not just sci-fi, it's not just samurai, it's not just um, westerns. It's all of them, you know. And I think I, I think that's why some of those things last because there's something for everybody. So if you're not as huge into the magic, but you love noir, this is a great noir. If you love fantasy and you're like okay about noir, whatever, this is really good fantasy. So like, there's still a giant wizard that shows up with a fully magical sword and he's like i'm gonna kill you and i'm like i'm on board that i think that's actually the moment where i was really like i'm on board for good now when more when morgan showed when up morgan yeah. shows up and he's just like this big hulking guy but also a wizard and he has this like enormous sword that i kind of imagined like a smaller scale version of um cloud's sword from final fantasy 7 you know what i'm talking about Oh yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Like a realistic like broadsword and uh and I was like, I'm on board. I don't know what's gonna happen, but this is what I wanted. I love when people use swords in the modern day because it doesn't make sense and it just tickles me pink. <laughs> what I love about Stormfront, because I've actually read it twice, and it's been years since I read it, because I read Stormfront for the first time, I'm gonna say somewhere in like 2006, 2007. 
And then I read Stormfront and the second book, Full Moon. And then grad school sucked my life. You know, grad school, getting married, all those kind of things sucked my life away. As it does, I understand. Mm-hmm. And so then when I came back to it, I realized I needed to reread Stormfront and Full Moon again. And then that's when I got introduced to the audiobooks of the Dresden Files, which coincidentally are read by James Marsters, a.k.a. Spike from Barefoot the Vampire Slayer. Mm. And I have fallen so in love with the audiobook versions of the Dresden Files that I buy the physical hardcover of the book because I have hardcovers of all the Dresden Files books. Mm-hmm. But I also buy the audiobook because I just want him to read me I, I call it – I just want James to read me a bedtime story. Yeah, I actually did a back and forth on this because I was reading this on my uh, – I was reading Stormfront on my Kindle. There was a – I think there was a sale. Is that where I got the first one? Or I think I just bought the first one on its own. But a few of them, before I even finished the first one, I bought on sale uh, that you told me about. But because Kindle and Audible work hand in hand and I actually had to leave my house for a couple things during quarantine, um, I ended up getting the audiobook. And so I did a ba- I did a back and forth, um, so I could just get through it faster. And I loved the narration; it was so good. He was great. James Marshall was great. Um, uh, he was also Brainiac in Smallville, by the way. Yeah, that that yeah he, he he's he's a lot. Yeah, that's what that well that's where I know him from because oh I, okay I mean I knew he was on Buffy and Angel and stuff but I didn't watch Buffy and Angel so my attachment to him is through Smallville oh okay. well but and, and, and nothing in the same way as I say that the books improve as the series goes on Marster's performance improves as it goes on because characters who don't have their own voices right now Give it about four or five books, and he starts making voices for different characters. So much so that you just associate, oh, that's what the character sounds like. Oh, that's great. Um, does he does does he narrate every book, or do they switch it up halfway through or something? Uh, every book, with the exception of the second short story anthology uh, that's called Brief Cases, uh, th- because some of those books have uh, – different point of view characters that's the one audiobook where they shift narrators based on the story but every other book is narrated by masters because it is uh harry's point of view gotcha okay well that makes sense though that makes a lot of sense it, have you ever been to chicago do you feel like it felt like authentic Chicago while re- while reading the book. I've never been, so I have nothing to compare it to. I have never been to Chicago either. But at my at my old job, uh, my work my work mom uh, was from Chicago, so I would describe things from the books to her as I was trying to basically and you know I evangel I evangelicalize this series all the time. I know um, that's I, how I that's how I read it. So I would tell her things about what's happening in the books, and she'd be like, oh, yeah. So, like, Jim Butcher least knows enough about Chicago that if I talk to a Chicagoite about the book, they like they get kind of homesick hearing me talk about things that happened in the book. Cool. That's cool. I, um, I've i only been to the airport. I shouldn't say I've never been to Chicago because I've been to the airport. That would technically is in Chicago, So and you can see Chicago, so – um, but anyway, 
Yeah, I, I, I don't want to talk about this too much more because it'll spoil the book itself. And I think because it's a mystery noir, then talking about it really does spoil some things. Uh, I just would like to know a couple of things that I guess might spoil future books, but doesn't really spoil this book. Uh, do we see Morgan again? Oh, oh yeah. Great. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. Do we meet the White Council? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Okay, great. That's all I really wanted to know because those those components really interested me, and so and I guess I, I guess this is I can assume, but not super spoiled. Do we go to Never Never? Oh, oh yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah. The, I assumed all of those things would happen because they were, like you said, they were placed in here. And, you know, especially when you know it's a franchise, you can, like, start – you can see where the seeds are being planted if, you're, if your brain kind of works that way. Yeah, it, this is the smallest, most confined book of the entire series. Okay. And because okay. at the early – because at the beginning, he was publishing a, a book a year. Mm-hmm. So when when I said at the beginning that book 17 is, 16 and 17 are both coming out this year, you've got to understand that Dreads of Files fans, it's been six years since book 15 came out. Okay. Okay. So – and I also wanted to take an opportunity here to say don't let the sheer number of books in the series make it feel like you're jumping into something that is um, unsurmountable. These books are – cheeseburger reads you will blow through them like nobody's business so when because i know some people here 15 books oh my god I, I shouldn't even get started it's like no you have 15 books that are already out there for you to enjoy and you will tear through them like nobody's business right i think i read this and i think i read this book in less than a week pretty sure oh yeah and like just uh, just about a week and i would also recommend that if you want to uh, the short story collections, the best part of the short story collections is that they tell you in the book, this story takes place in between this book and this book. And and the early short stories aren't as um, tied in, but it does get to a point later on, probably around book six, book seven, that they start referencing the events from the short stories. So all of it is like none of it's a waste of your time if you want to get whole hog because it all starts getting interconnected and all being referenced and it's all canonical. Oh, uh, okay. Well, when do when do they start kicking in? When should I switch to short stories? Like I said, it's about book 6 or book 7. Uh, that – and what I mean by it, the short stories like right now, like there's already a story for you. If you get side jobs, there's already a story for you to read right now that, like I said, is the prequel of how Harry and Murphy met. Gotcha. Okay. But it's about book six or book seven where the novels start directly referencing the stories. Mm-hmm. Like you have stories you can read right now, but they don't, quote, count – until about book six, book seven, where they'll start mentioning things and you'll go, when did that happen? Okay. Well, you know what? That's fine. I, uh, you know, if I get confused at one point, I can always ask or I'll just stop and switch over. You know, that's the beauty of all of this. So, but, um, but Scott, thank you. Thank you for coming on today and, uh, and talking about this book with me. It is, a. um, an absolute recommendation that people, people read this if they like 
if they like fantasy and they like noir. Um, I'm sure I, you know, because these books are popular, I'm actually a little late to the game here. So maybe you already listened to yourself or maybe you're like me and you had no idea. Um, this is going to be funny. I definitely judged this book by its cover. I will say when I, when I started it and I was like, ugh, it's one of these, but don't judge a book by its cover because that's a terrible thing to do. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's about it. So Scott, where can the uh, people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at ScottDC27. And, of course, you can give me a listen over on my own podcast, the DC Film Squadcast, which is at DC Films Squadcast on Twitter and at our own website at squadcastmedia.com. Well, Scott, thank you so much for coming on, and I'll see you again. Bye. You have been listening to Read Up, the podcast where we talk about books intellectually and stuff. You can find ReadUp on Twitter at ReadUpPodcast and the host at TimothyPG13. Rate and review ReadUp on iTunes and listen on any place podcasts can be found. Head over to Patreon.com slash ThoughtBubbleAudio to support all of your favorite ThoughtBubbleAudio podcasts. You can find all of the ThoughtBubbleAudio programs at ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. Until next time, have a good read. <laughs>